I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Niniash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right. We've got a follow-up to one of our stories from last week about the Ministry of Truth. And David's going to yeah. cover that. We did it, lads. Shut it down. We successfully hey! cyberbullied the uh, disinformation governance board into not existing anymore. Yeah, that was very quick. They basically released the announcement, and the entire internet was like, what the fuck is this? And they were like, um, it's nothing. It, uh, we're not doing that. <laughs> Don't mind us. Yeah, but not, not before the director was like, I think I should be able to edit people's tweets. Yes, that that her and people with blue check marks should be able to edit tweets for context. I mean, I don't think she actually said that the blue checks should be able to do it. Uh, I believe she did. The video did was she really say that. Yes. Oh my god. Jesus. That they should have people like uh, like Wikipedia has a the trusted members can uh, edit things for for adding required context. So uh, not a- so not actually literally just any blue checks, but still the uh, yeah, same okay. cluster that's uh, indicated with the concept of the blue check. <laughs> it would I say it would almost be better if she was just like just like well me and my tribe should be able to do it, mm-hmm. um, and you unwashed masses ah. should just have to put up with it. Uh, as an interesting technical detail, this isn't fully cancelled. It's just on pause, quote unquote. And usually with the government, that means it's cancelled, but they won't say it. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll come back in a few well, years or something. One of the few graces of reality is that temporarily cancelled programs tend to have the same sort of uh, qualities as interim programs and stopgap spending and so on. Right. <laughs> They're there forever. Yes. Or cancelled forever. All right. So now that we don't have to worry about the Ministry of Truth, let's get on to the lies. Woo. Yes. Uh, also, real quick before we move on, uh, I do want to uh, go ahead and say you guys were right. I was wrong. The uh, abortion story was the most important for the last two weeks. <laughs> I'm, uh, I definitely would not have called that in advance. In fact, I didn't. But uh, yeah, you were right. Well, I definitely didn't see the Ministry of Truth folding that quickly. But, uh, all right, I, I uh, accept. I'll take the W. All right, on to the new news section. Uh, as is customary these days, we'll start with Ukraine. Uh, Eniash, tell us about Mariupol. Uh, it is the port city on the Black Sea in Ukraine, and there has been intense fighting over the last two months, and it looks like Russia has finally taken it. Ooh. Yeah, kicked out the last of the Ukrainian defenders, uh, and, uh, and they're consolidating control over it and uh their mayor is now doing all the things you do when you're like trying to cozy up to russia um i believe he was installed by by russian forces and he's uh saying he's extending protection to all citizens of russia and marisopol and giving people russian rights and all that they're now a part of russia is it pronounced marisopol oh i have no idea i haven't oh, okay. seen it pronounced <laughs> okay. anywhere yeah i've heard it been, pronounced anywhere, i've just been reading it a lot and yeah. uh, um this is like the first like unambiguous Russian win, right? It is, yes. That sucks. Yeah. It does. Yeah. The yeah. um uh so the Azov battalion, the uh infamous semi militia sort of uh national guard unit that was that 
allegedly had a bunch of neo-Nazis in it. They were actually based in Mariupol, and they were uh, one of the units that uh, surrendered at Mariupol. Um, oh, good. They got the Nazis, so they can go home. The, they did. Apparently, apparently, the uh, Ukrainians did, like, reform the unit, and they're nowhere near as shit now, but also they seem to be getting uh, show-trialed and possibly torture-murdered by the Russians. Hey, so that's not good. In Russia, we'll lend you our uh, giant Mission Accomplished banner. Yeah. And our uh, detention facility in Cuba. Now, let's not do that one. Let's just no. give them the banner. Okay, they got plenty of their own black ops sites. <laughs> yeah, right? They don't need the help on that on that score. Um, yeah. This especially sucks, because if I understand this correctly, this was an actually like strategically important target. Like This was an important port. Yeah. And uh, will allow Russia to supply its whole army and make it harder for ukraine to do similar things i mean they're still not doing great they got slaughtered twice in the recent past while trying to make crossings over rivers and uh they, <laughs> you know, they're, yeah they're, they're not winning well, the war they got but no they they got slaughtered four times while trying to make the same crossing across the same river at the same point that they knew the Ukrainians had artillery in the area with uh, zeros on that crossing. Oh, so it, it seems like they, they're doing poorly still, but this is definitely a win for them. Yeah. Good. It's like they read the Stormlight archives and uh, took that as uh, advice. <laughs> or you keep trying to put bridges over the same it's fissures. Just send the bridge guys in to get killed. Who cares? Yeah. Well, I mean, th- spoilers. It's a plot point that the bridge guys are literally there to get killed. If they survive, that is considered a loss. Yeah. Um, but, you know, who knew, who knew Russia felt the same way? Right. So the New York Times uh, says that maybe the Ukraine should... Uh, not the Ukraine, just Ukraine. New York Times says maybe Ukraine should consider surrendering, uh, ceding some territory to maybe Russia. Maybe the New York Times should consider going to fuck itself. <laughs> I mean, they've been considering that for a while. Uh, I'm, I'm mainly bringing this up because I hate the New York Times and I will say anything that uh, they do that's stupid. <laughs> Boo out group. That's right. Um, I don't... I, I, I have no opinion on this. It might be good advice. I don't know. But, you know, I think nobody also asked the New York Times what their opinion was. Well, they they own their own newspaper, so they are allowed to say whatever opinions they want. Yeah. Um. So we talked about the, the one win for Russia. Uh, they've also got uh, kind of a big loss in that Sweden and Finland have both applied for NATO membership. Yeah. Russia has done more to increase NATO membership and just NATO cohesion than anything in decades. Yeah, Trump was out there when he was running talking about, like, I don't know about this whole NATO thing. Mm-hmm. And now, like, the entire world is like, NATO is the most important alliance that ever was. We should all join it. Yeah, and Finland especially is bad for Russia because they have a huge border with Russia. Yes. And also a uh, a history of them alone and unsupported punching the Russian armies. Uh, teeth down its throat. Finland with full NATO backing um, would be a, a bit of a turkey shoot. Let's just leave it at that. Speaking of uh, full support and turkey, <laughs> um, there may be a problem. 
Uh, which is that Turkey doesn't seem to be in favor of Sweden and Finland joining NATO. And Turkey is a NATO member, and NATO requires unanimous consent to bring in new members. Uh, only only Sweden. Uh, they're, they're cool with Finland. Oh, they're oh really? Cool with, oh, they're, so they're only, they're only objecting to Sweden. Okay, because Finland, yeah. I mean, strategically is the more important one, since they have the, the big giant border with Russia. Yes. Uh, but, you know, just let the Swedes in, man. It's your problem. Uh, I mean, I mean, their problem, their problem is that Sweden is currently, uh, supporting the Syrian Kurds, who, according to the Turks, are, like, actual terrorists, which I definitely object to that characterization, but, like, the, the, the Syrian Kurds are, like, actively shooting at Turks. Mm, uh, so I, like... I kind of feel like NATO would be better off without Turkey and with Sweden, but uh, that's probably not going to happen, and I do understand why Turkey feels the way it does, even if I think the uh, right solution for them is to just get the fuck out of Syria. But yeah, uh, I it's would imagine... It's not just Syria, the though. Is... There, is, there is a chunk of Turkey that the Kurds want to make their new Kurdish state. Yes, this is true. I don't know that Sweden is directly supporting those Kurds, um, though I imagine it's probably uh, six of one, half dozen of the other, since any support that's sent to uh, Syria probably funges pretty hard against um, resources going to Turkey. All right, well, you heard it here, folks. Kurds are fungible. <laughs> Just, I don't even know to what to make of that. Yeah, my guess at what's going to happen is the uh, Kurds are probably going to get hung out to dry, and that's going to suck. But uh... Brace yourself for way too many Kurds and Whey puns. Isn't that literally also the, um, the plot of Three Kings, which was based on what actually happened in Iraq when the Kurds were also hung out to dry? I thought Three Kings was about these soldiers trying to steal money. It was, but the major plot point there, aside from the stealing money, was that uh, they ran into the Kurdish separatists that the U.S. Um, swore they would help uh, when they when they attacked. Uh, it was Iraq back in the day. That's right, because they didn't knock out Saddam. And uh, then the U.S. was like, "Well, we didn't get Saddam, and we're pulling out of here." And then the Kurds were like, "Well, this sucks because now we're all getting genocided by Saddam." Mm, yeah, were they the I... ones who were torturing the dude, calling him my main man? I don't remember that part. Well, that's probably them. I just remember the political part of the movie. <laughs> See, I remember the opposite. It's kind of like there was a political me. part. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was the. I was like, that's that's where I first found out about the whole abandoning of the Kurds thing that we did in Iraq one. Mm. So I guess Hollywood did something good after all. I guess so. Well, so in response now to Finland applying for NATO membership, Russia has cut off their gas, which. I I think is good. I kind of think so too. Because I wanted them to stop buying the gas. So Russia's being like, "All right, well, we're gonna make that decision for you." <laughs> I guess the Finnish would disagree with us because they have less gas. But I don't know. Suck it up, man. Yeah, I mean, officially they're not too upset about it. The gov the official government statement was basically like, "Yeah, we've been preparing for this." Yeah, I'm mildly surprised they don't get all their uh, fossil fuels from Norway anyway, because it seems like they're a lot closer to norway than they are to you know siberia both politically and geographically but i guess not 
Russian labor is probably a lot cheaper. That's an excellent point. Uh, and Eniash, you wanted to tell us about uh, drones? Yeah, I, I don't remember if we mentioned this on the podcast before. Have we mentioned about how important drones have been in the Ukraine war? Uh, the small semi-autonomous ones that Amazon is eventually going to be using for delivering stuff? No. Because they've um, been used uh, to great effect for delivering grenades into hatches of cars and uh, down down tank chutes and stuff. And it's been pretty fucking amazing. Uh, I'm sure everybody's been yeah. paying attention. But one of the major things yeah, that modern only... militaries are going to have to implement is uh, anti-drone technologies. Yeah, the only drones I've heard about are the uh, like Turkish uh, cut-down Predator-style uh, UAVs. Those two. Like, drones in general, small, light ones uh, that don't have a lot of human um, human controlling them, like, they're big, and they are murdering tanks and other really large, expensive vehicles at a fraction of the cost, and uh, it's it's going to be a big thing. I saw someone speculating that maybe this will be what laser technology finally gets used for. So, am I to understand that we've actually just been owling the bad guy's hand grenades? <laughs> we have been. <laughs> Uh, there's a great video of of a drone just flying over a uh, car with some Russian. I'm not know if they're lieutenants or some kind of Russian guys, but their sunroof is open. And they just drops a grenade down into it, and uh, boom. That is an amazing video. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Any more Ukraine news? Uh, yeah. So speaking of drones, uh, apparently the United States is in talks to. Uh, give the Ukrainians a bunch of Predators and the other really nice UAV we have. I can't remember which one, but uh, that would be pretty cool. Oh, I guess we should mention that the U.S. is going to give $40 million in uh, weapons to Ukraine. Drone better. The what? Steven will get it. Okay. I, I think he just said drone better in a uh, Hollywood Eastern European accent. That is exactly what happened. Uh, yeah. $40 million uh, in aid to Ukraine, which is great. It is. Uh, apparently, Congress can do things when it really wants to. Still still no uh, yeah. funding for preventing the next pandemic or dealing yep. with this one. But, you know, we're doing, we're doing something. Um, speaking of the government being ineffective, hmm. our next story is about the baby formula shortage, which you've probably heard about. Um, I've heard uh, equally that it is Abbott Pharmaceuticals' fault and that it's the FDA's fault. Just on priors, I'm going to say it's probably the FDA's fault. Hmm. Uh, but do you have, uh, Ineos, do you have more information for us on this? Sure. Uh, the details are that back in February, there was some reports of four children dying of maybe salmonella, maybe another bacteria, which I don't recall off the top of my head, but it's a Chronobacter. Thank you. Uh, which apparently is just in all sorts of places and usually right. isn't that big a deal. And it sounds like it causes you to time travel, but apparently not. <laughs> uh, but Abbott uh, shut down the factory that this may th- might have been um, might have been traced back to uh, out of caution. They recalled the formula and they didn't find any salmonella. They did find a few places with the chronobacteria that doesn't touch product, 
but again, this is all their reporting, their claims. Who knows how much we can necessarily believe them. Uh, but the FDA said, yeah, you're not opening that plant again. Uh, that was in February. And it is one of the three major plants that produce baby formula in the U.S. So that drastically cut down supply. And uh, months later, we are really feeling the effects of this. Uh, there's been a massive baby formula shortage, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard about. Uh, one of the major reasons for this baby formula shortage, in addition to this massive plant being shut down and uh, FDA won't let them reopen, and I don't know what they're doing. I'm not sure how long it takes the FDA to inspect a single plant, but I guess a long, long, long time. Uh, the other issue is that the Europeans who make baby formula just as good as ours, and some would argue even better than uh, U.S. formula, uh, their European formula is not allowed to be imported into the U.S., the FDA says that their labeling is dangerous and could kill babies. Uh, and because of well, that... thank goodness. We're protected <laughs> from that homicidal Label. labeling. Yeah, and, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that, that has led to massive problems, and you've probably been hearing all about it. Labeling of products, especially pharmaceuticals, is like the most litigated thing in the country, I think. That seems like such a waste of resources. Every lawsuit that's about a drug that killed anyone is all like, oh, you didn't label it properly. You didn't you didn't warn about this one side effect. And the worst part is, since they warn about every side effect, no one bothers reading those side effects anymore. Because they're like, oh, it could kill me. I mean, every medication says this, so whatever. It's like how everything in California has been shown to cause cancer. Yep. Including Eniash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if they only put things on the label that actually had a significant chance of harming me, I'd read those labels. Yeah. But instead, we live in clown world. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, so I'm sure there is a good reason, but has anyone else been, like, kind of weirded out that nowhere in this entire current thing cycle, uh... No one's really talking about how maybe we should just be doing more breastfeeding instead of formula feeding. I don't think that's an option for everybody. Yeah, I know it's not an option for everybody, and, um, uh, like, I also know that it's hard to change horses midstream, uh, in that regard, but I, I would have expected to see, like, anyone talking about it and i really haven't been and it's kind of weird so either i am just fundamentally misunderstanding something or like there's some really weird brain worming going on i think i've seen that take mentioned peripherally but not actually anyone making it um Hmm. i'm kind of happy about that because it's a bad take why is it a bad take wes because formula is fine it's just, like, when there's not a shortage, um, I think it's good to breastfeed a child for, like, a month or so, so they get the uh, natural antibodies. But even if you don't, you know, it's almost always fine. Um, and then beyond yeah. that, it's got very little very little advantages over formula, and uh, formula has some very clear advantages in terms of, you know, convenience and not having to use your tits. <laughs> well, breastfeeding has breastfeeding has the very clear advantage of not being beholden to the whims of the FDA. Very true. That sounds like a problem that could be fixed by delendering the SDA, FDA. I mean, you still have I to mean, pay sure. for the formula. Breast milk is largely free. 
pay but, for it with uh, time, though. Yeah, you do, and uh, a lot of a lot of people uh, feel it's not worth it, and uh, I support their their uh, ability to make that decision. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, interesting side effect of all this. Some people have been pointing out this FDA thing, and factcheck.org says it's misinformation to claim that the FDA isn't awesome and says that the shortage isn't anybody's fault. Well, thank God the Ministry of Truth is gone so we can spread all this misinformation as much as we want. Thank goodness. So, uh, listen up, America. The FDA isn't awesome, no matter what <laughs> factcheck.org says. You want to know what uh, the U.S. Congress did to help uh, increase the, the baby formula supply? You know I do. They decided to give another $28 million to the FDA because we need more of the FDA to solve this problem that the FDA created. More and, FDA! And they voted to allow food stamps to cover more brands of uh, baby formula. Oh, which, okay, so if we subsidize the consumption of the thing, that ends the shortage, right? Right. I mean, I think, I guess it's probably... David, is that how economics works? <laughs> That is absolutely how economics works. All right. Um, another thing they did is uh, they requisitioned some uh, C-130s to uh, transport formula from Europe, which they're not, you know, waiving the regulations that make importing European formula legal. So kind of uh, kind of the wrong solution to the wrong problem there, but still good thought. I guess, so wait, A for effort. We're going to have all these homicidal labels in the United States? No, we're not. But if we ever decide to bring them over here, we'll have some military transport planes on standby to bring it over. Wait, so they just prepared to do this and they're not actually yeah, doing it? Yeah, they they just they requisitioned the planes to transport European formula to America apparently innocent of the fact that the reason we're not importing European formula has nothing to do with a transport bottleneck and everything to do with it being illegal to import European formula. Oh no, this article Eniash Link says it's here. Yeah, it, it landed in Indiana a couple days ago, and I think that is intentional. The reason they did this whole thing with military transports is because they don't want people you know, catching on to the fact that it wasn't due to a transport issues. They're like, yeah, no, we're requisitioning military vehicles. That's the only way to fix this. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. Hmm. Also, I see that I see that this is not for retail and it's only going to hospitals and clinics. Yes, they brought in 70,000 tons of formula, which Biden has been talking about this morning about like, dudes, we airlifted in 70,000 tons of formula from All right. Germany. All right, Inyash, don't don't get carried away. It's 78,000 pounds, not pounds. pounds? Oh, yes. my God. OK, I mm, those are less than I thought. Jesus. Yeah, so 70,000 pounds, not tons, uh, which is enough Yeah, because for... I was like, 70,000 tons? That's a shitload of formula. Yeah, <laughs> that's enough for 9,000 babies and 18,000 toddlers for one week. And because it's not enough for anyone uh, in U.S. terms, it's all going just to hospitals and clinics to help out babies who are uh, who cannot have milk for some reason. So, I mean, good. that that It's definitely going to the people who need it most, but... Uh, also, because hospitals and clinics will be able to um, uh, make the proper adjustments for the formula being dangerously labeled. Yes, exactly. Um, no, I actually think it's good that they're giving it to hospitals and clinics. I agree. Um, because it's unclear, actually, how many babies are going hungry. Uh, 
it may not be that many, and the ones that are are probably the ones showing up at these hospitals and clinics, so it's good that they have supply for the people who are desperate. Um, I'm seeing a lot of empty store shelves, but I think that's probably mostly panic buying uh, and, you know, anti-price gouging laws, which allow panic yep. buying. <laughs> so... <laughs> Wait, did I successfully red pill you on that? Yeah, I mean, that was oh, that okay. was like a year ago. Okay, you, cool. you made your case, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that sounds plausible." And you know, we wouldn't necessarily have people showing up at hospitals with malnourished babies if we would just allow the European formula to be imported. Yeah, I mean, we probably wouldn't have malnourished babies if we allowed them to price the formula so it would be distributed by need. Uh, because, like I said, I think there's a lot of panic buying going on. So a lot of the sh- they're, they're, it's entirely possible that we have enough formula to go around, and people are just hoarding. Do we want to jump right to E then, right now? And sure, cool. Since we're on the topic, uh, Elizabeth Warren introduced a price gouging bill uh, less than one year after the whole inflation isn't real thing. There's now uh, price controls. Uh, <laughs> I'm linking a quick analysis that goes through a lot of the details and implications of the bill. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a thing that has been introduced because. We want to destroy the country even more, I guess. Yeah, David, do you just want to give the short version about what why price gouging is good? Uh, yeah, so price gouging does, or rather, as I prefer to call it, emergency pricing, does two things, both of which are very good. The first thing is it allocates um, the scarce good to the highest value usage. So if you, say, have a kid that's um, like sort of in that borderline area where they could be going on to solid food, but uh, they it's also like reasonable to keep them on formula, then uh, you'll be more likely to just go ahead and wean them off food if formula prices rise, which leaves what formula there is for uh, the people with actual newborns. Uh, the other thing it does is it incentivizes... Um, uh, production, uh, or in some cases, transport from uh, areas with lower prices. Uh, so, uh, in this case, I mean, the market is so heavily regulated that there's probably not going to be too much in the way of uh, increased supply, because supply is impossible to increase because the FDA, which needs to be destroyed, is still around. But in theory, at least, uh, you would see people who, like, are making milk for uh, just uh, uh, normal milk consumption or for ice cream or whatever, retooling their uh, factories to make formula instead if um, uh, we allowed formula prices to rise. Uh, again, we have insane barriers to entry so that's not as big a consideration in this specific case but still uh emergency pricing is good and laws banning emergency pricing hurt the people who uh they are most trying to help and Inyash, did you find this uh twitter thread on mandatory price gouging I did. <laughs> this was my favorite take that I saw. Uh someone proposed that instead of having uh 
anti-price gouging laws, we should have laws that mandate surge pricing or price gouging, as some people call it, as a matter of policy to ensure resilient supplies. He makes a, you know, a neat case for it that if uh, if your shelves are bare, it's because you have failed as your, in your job and uh, you will be punished for that. And so you should be adjusting price as needed to reflect supply and demand. And uh, in addition to making the market efficiencies work, uh, obviously maybe less so if the supply is artificially restricted by the FDA, uh, it would also provide a legal cover for doing the right thing because people could say, look, I'm not an evil asshole. This is required by law, which is the primary reason that things like uh, um, concert tickets are mostly scalped for the average person, because the amount of goodwill that you lose by pricing things correctly, if especially if you're an artist, is just not worth it for most artists. So they let the tickets go up for much less than they are actually worth. Uh, people feel happy about them. The scalpers buy up 90% of it, and then you pay the actual market plot price with the scalpers pocketing the difference rather than the artist getting it. Thank you, scalpers, for ensuring resilient supplies of concert tickets. <laughs> yes. I I really like this uh, take because the um, the uh, uh, cultural uh, price gouging slash emergency pricing ban from loss of goodwill is very real and uh, probably is around as harmful as um, legal restrictions. So yeah, giving giving suppliers cover to uh, be able to you know do the right thing would definitely be something I could get behind. And God knows there's not many laws I'd say that for. Okay, now I now I'm trying to figure out how we can design a government such that the the people who need some sort of legal cover to do unpopular but smart things can uh still happen but otherwise we get all the benefits of anarcho-capitalism uh-oh i think i'm telling you man (laughs) subscription governments david maybe just got purple pilled now he becomes a monarchist (laughs) (laughs) if only we had a king to mandate that wouldn't matter how unpopular the king is i'm thinking some sort of like shadowy cabal based system like a conspiracy of some kind Yes, a conspiracy of some kind. Perhaps of Bayesians? <laughs> Speaking of shadowy cabals uh, controlling things, that takes us to our next story, hmm. where a, an insane racist uh, shot up a supermarket in Buffalo. Wait, th- what? How is this a shadowy <laughs> cabal? Uh, because he believed in great replacement theory, and specifically that a shadowy cabal of probably Jews was uh, conspiring to make America less white. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know, I, dear listeners, am Jewish. I was inducted. I was inducted into the One World government when I was twelve, like all the good little uh, future econ PhD Jews. Uh, I can promise you, we have nothing to do with the Great Replacement. That's just standard migration dynamics being standard migration dynamics. Oh, speaking of which, I'm meaning to ask you: Roxy is Jewish. How does she get into the cabal? Uh, she'll, she'll get the letter, uh, when she hits, uh, bat mitzvah All right. Roxy's mom Good should deal. know, and she's not telling you because you're not Jewish, so just, just yeah. let it go. Just, yeah, that just, tracks. Just make sure she doesn't get any tattoos before, uh, her bat mitzvah. All right. Could probably do that. All right. Um, yeah, this guy was, uh, super nuts and believed some dumb shit. Everyone, of course, is trying to turn this into, you know... 
support for their political position. This is what Republicans actually believe, whatever. Well, it's all, this is what Republicans actually believe, and then on the other side, it's like, everyone who's saying that this is a crazy conspiracy theory, like, here's a bunch of quotes from prominent Democrats being like, yeah, we're going to be less white, and it's going to be great. Yes, and, uh, including Biden. Yeah. So, speaking, Which, uh, of, uh, speaking of insane conspiracy theories, I'm not saying this guy was an ATF. I'm not saying this was an ATF op. <laughs> I'm just saying it's kind of suspicious that this is like the third time in a row that the ATF has wanted to ban something and then there was a conveniently timed mass shooting that uh, helped them push through and or consolidate their uh, new rules. So what is so, the thing they wanted okay, to ban, but Has David? there ever been a time that the ATF didn't want to ban something? That's true, but like... So this guy, uh, it's ghost guns and other like uh, homemade or modified firearms. Cause he did this guy make a ghost gun? Uh, he didn't make a ghost gun, but he did um, take a uh, New York uh, uh, New York State compliant um, pump action AR and made it semi-automatic. Uh, he also, I think deface the serial numbers which is a ghost gun under the atf's new idiotic definition but that's Um, already quite illegal right yes that is extremely illegal uh but the the atf wanted to pump up the statistics for the number of crimes that are committed with ghost guns so they changed the definition of ghost gun i didn't even realize that that was an official term that's so it stupid. wasn't until recently. Yeah, and like the Las Vegas shooter uh, way back in 2017 or whatever did the same thing with bump stocks. Uh, and yeah, there have been some suspicious timings uh, with this. I'm only like 30% sold on the really hard conspiracy theory version, but still, that's pretty high. David, no, it's, for uh, what it's far too high. You, you're going to see a lot more of this in your life. I am just I'm right now. I'm doing a podcast where we read Worth the Candle, a web fiction and also novel now, and analyze it. And I swear to God, every single freaking week, something in the real world happens either one or two weeks before or one or two weeks after our reading. That is like how how is this happening? This is literally what we've read about, and I think it's it's just pattern matching and coincidence because. There is no way that the overlords of the Matrix are watching what me and Steven are reading and podcasting about and altering reality to to make it all dovetail together. Don't we call that uh, availability bias around here? Yeah, so it's it's not a real thing. Here's the thing, though. As far as I know, exactly one mass shooting has used a bump stock, and it was the Las Vegas shooting, and it just happened to be at the height of the ATF's push to ban bump stocks. I mean, this shit happens, like, man. quite a strong push before the shooting happened. My guess for what happened is that he just, like, saw those on the news, and when he decided to shoot up a crowd, he was like, huh, people are talking about bump stocks, I should probably get one of those. Uh, but also, like, good lord, that's suspicious. 
It's not at all also, suspicious. This guy had like a hundred and fifty page manifesto that he released. Yeah. That was like fifty pages about the great replacement and then a hundred pages about how much he loved his gun. Yeah. <laughs> so I the, feel like I don't know, but, man. I believe this guy was like a, a gun guy. I don't think the ATF was uh I feel like when a when a ostensibly pro gun uh mass shooter includes in their manifesto a shopping list of things for the ATF to ban, that's suspicious. No, man, he put right in there, like, I know you're going to try to use this to ban this stuff, but don't. Didn't he also put in there, I'm literally trying to do this to start a race war, I'm an accelerationist kind of thing? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I didn't look too much into it. This is all just, like, third-hand stuff from hearing about it, so... I mean, he's a literal crazy person. Yeah, I don't actually care what he said. Apparently, he also uh, plagiarized a bunch of it from the uh, uh, nutso in New Zealand who shot up a mosque. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't... I, that, that that actually reminds me. I wasn't actually... I wasn't going to talk about this because I feel like we shouldn't yeah. publicize mass shooters. Um, you know, our audience is small enough that we're not really making a dent anywhere. But in general, I just feel like we shouldn't really publicize this stuff you know you can be like oh it can be like on page a10 or whatever and be like yeah some crazy guy shot up a bunch of people what a dick uh but i it really bothers me how like much coverage these things get yeah I uh, because it agree and it, it does seem like a lot of the motivation in this is because they want to get on the news um and also there's a lot of co- copycat stuff that happens mm. yeah um so I propose uh, that the next time this happens, we just don't talk about it. I also propose only referring to the uh, shooter by the uh, term "some asshole" <laughs> and not and not putting their pictures anywhere. I got an interesting counter conspiracy theory that I just came up with based on this. Uh, okay. Wes, you said that publicizing these things makes them be uh, copycatted and repeated, right? Yeah. I recall that when the Wakasha massacre happened and a black dude killed a bunch of white people, uh, that quickly got covered up and never talked about again. But uh, this one is repeated and newsed on uh, extensively by the news media. Could it be that the news media are extremely racist and are trying to encourage copycatting of white people killing black people, but are hushing up the uh, black people killing white people so that that won't happen anymore? No. Next question. I think that's just the narrative. I mean, the news media are extremely racist. Yes, but uh, they're they're the, not the they're not thinking that far ahead. Yeah, they're, they're not they're not playing chess at that level. It it fits the narrative for white people to kill black people for racially motivated reasons. It doesn't the other way around. So. So, David, you're saying conspiracy theories are kind of half-baked, and just because they may fit some narrative does not mean they have anything to do with reality? Have I ever said otherwise? No, he's not saying that. (laughs) I mean, you said otherwise just a few minutes ago with the ATF. What part of 30% did you not get? That's just so high. It's way too high. 30% is like like the chances the Democrats are going to hold on to the House of Representatives. (laughs) Uh, Is it that high? It's probably lower than that, actually. So, shall we shall we talk about the dumb fuckery that's going on in New York City in response to this? Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, Buffalo bitch, uh, the 
name I have given to this specific some asshole. Uh, didn't just use guns. Well, you can't say we should just refer to him as some asshole and then give him a name. Uh, well, no, I I just don't think we should use their Christian names. Um, (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, so, Buffalo Bitch, um, didn't just use guns, he also used, uh, Kevlar helmet and body armor. In response to this, New York City is considering banning body armor. Oh, I did hear about this. For those who don't know... Is just sheet metal and a vest to hold the sheet metal. And like, yes, you can also include Kevlar or ceramics or anti-spalling coating. But at the at the very basics, banning body armor is just a ban on sheet metal. Well, wearable sheet metal. Any sheet metal can be made wearable sheet metal with some metal shears. Yes, it's a ban on sheet metal, metal shears, and some very basic sewing skills. Oh, David, you know that's not how these bans work. That's you exactly could, how these bans work, Buy all the components work, and make it yourself. We tried that, and the ATF banned it. That's the entire <laughs> point of the whole ghost gun thing that I got so upset about last fortnight. And then you yelled at me for talking about guns for 15 minutes. Well, you did talk about guns for 15 minutes. <laughs> and it was boring. Uh, I, Yeah, no, this is dumb. I mean, on the other hand, do, are there, like, good uses for body armor? Do people need this for, like, legitimate things? I mean... Do people need sheet you. metal for legitimate things? <laughs> I mean, my question is, of of, like... A hundred guys who buys body armor, how many of them are going to go shoot up a school and, like, what else are they going to... Are they just walking around with it? Yeah. I like David's yeah, so, answer. So, you, <laughs> yeah, so, A, this is America, bitch. <laughs> You're allowed to do things unless you have a very good reason not to, and there's no good reason not to have body armor. Right, I'm just saying, like, if if seven and ten guys... Who buys it? Well, seven of ten... No, seven of ten guys are some sort of prepper and or LARPer or whatever you want to call them. um, Who, like, have it as, like, a better to have and not need than to need and not have sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably the remaining three, uh, like, 2.9% of them want a weighted vest for exercise purposes and weighted vests and body armor are basically indistinguishable um it's a fair point and then of the remaining 0.9 percent probably uh, about 0.9 percent or uh nine out of ten of those have like some actual legitimate bot java based purpose for having them, like working in private security. It's actually probably a lot more than that, because uh, also police. Uh, and then, as far as I know, that Buffalo Bitch is the only, like, mass shooter or other sort of bad actor where body armor was a part of their plan. Like, I'm sure there are also some sort of gang members or something like that, but... The Aurora yeah, shooter of it, the third Batman movie also wore uh, some kind of armor. Ah, 
I'm sorry, Batman? The third Batman movie, uh, when th- that premiered here in Colorado, oh, a guy walked right. into the theater. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. He also hopped up on painkillers first. I guess he was really expecting mm-hmm. a big shootout, and uh, he never got that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, banning body armor, if that's the case, sounds uh, pretty stupid. Okay. Uh, all right. Next story. Uh, the Democrats tried to pass a bill protecting abortion and failed miserably because they're idiots. Um, this was a bill that they had, the House had actually passed months ago, uh, and had no hope of getting through the Senate, and, you know, didn't get through the Senate, and everyone's all mad at, uh, Joe Manchin for voting against it. Um, but, you know, you need 60 votes to get anything like that through the Senate, and it was, it only got 49. Um, I'm mad at the Democrats about this because this was a wish list bill. You know, this was just one of the messaging bills that they had prepared ahead of time, it wasn't anything that they thought might pass, uh, and it wasn't. It didn't have anything to do like like it. It wasn't even attempting to reach like a consensus position. And to me, this is just the Democrats like not actually giving a shit about abortion rights and just posturing and trying to use it as a political issue, just like everyone else is. Uh, so I'm pretty pissed off at them. If they wanted to do a a real bill. They would, you know, they could do, like, the 12-week thing that everyone kind of agrees on, except the the real, like, right-wingers, um, and take out these exceptions that basically let you have an abortion up until birth if you think it would impact your mental health and can get a doctor to say so. Because that's never going to pass, and, like, that would be great if that was the rule, but politics being the art of the possible, maybe try something possible. Yeah, I I'm, like just about done uh blaming um what's his name the turtle guy and the filibuster for all of this mcconnell yeah mcconnell uh like he's definitely being an asshole here but also would it kill the democrats to have to even try to pass a single bill that didn't have the fucking wish list of every single thing every single one of them has ever wanted in it because at this point i think it's just their fault like sure mcconnell is not going to play ball with them but they're not even trying well see i think this is the inevitable result of having a system with so many veto points that nothing gets passed because if nothing can get passed why even introduce a bill that has any concessions in it at all if it's not going to pass anyway there's no reward for compromising or moderating no no the reward is you get to run on look we passed all of these moderate compromise decent bills and mcconnell's just being an asshole but they're not going to pass anyway yeah but then you can campaign against mcconnell for being an asshole whereas now mcconnell can just come back with well, all of your bills have been completely bonkers, so what did you think I was going to do? And he'll be right. Oh, but the, nobody pays enough attention for those campaign tactics to actually work. Like, it's it, it generates much more enthusiasm and votes to, you know, try to pass your wish list bills. And then you don't actually have to deal with the consequences of them passing, because they're never going to. If you could actually pass moderate bills, then you could campaign on that. But nobody's going to have any success campaigning saying like, oh, we tried to pass this like moderate compromise bill that nobody liked anyway. Well, would it kill them to try? Apparently. I I think they did. 
Like, I think that's they did in, in like, Obama era, and they learned that the Republicans aren't going to agree anyway, and then everyone's going to be mad at you for compromising and not getting anything. We have very different memories of the Obama era. Because I remember the Obama era being just about peak, we need to pass the bill to find out what's in it. (laughs) Oh, man. In that, that that quote actually came from the Obama era. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of the Clinton era. But they actually passed things. I don't know. But I, I, I have seen this dynamic where the, you know, you try to, negotiate with yourself in the first place and the bill doesn't pass anyway and then everyone's mad at you from all sides yeah i'm not saying it's a great plan i'm just saying that it seems like a better plan than the current one all right well i disagree but there's no plan's gonna work anyway so who cares yeah uh all right next story (laughs) what Eniash, did you put this biden whoopsie on defending taiwan versus china i did yes uh, oh, see, that's not even the most fun whoopsie this week. That was uh, G.W. Bush. That's true. <laughs> talking about uh, that was talking a very about this good whoopsie. Unjustified and and I forget what exactly the quote was, but it was something about an unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. Uh, I mean Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, "But also, also Iraq." Iraq. Yeah. yeah, right under his breath. Uh, I mean, not under his breath enough because the mic was hot. Yeah, right. And what's the whoopsie about Taiwan? Uh, The official U.S. position on Taiwan for a long time has been when people ask, uh, is the U.S. going to defend Taiwan if China comes for it? uh, Maybe we will and uh, maybe we won't. Why don't you fuck around and find out? Uh, But just today, uh, was it today? Possibly yesterday, Biden said, uh, yeah, if Taiwan is attacked, we will come to its aid militarily. And uh, everybody immediately said, what the fuck? No, no, walk that back. We are so not doing that. We are still being ambiguous on it. So and then Biden was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been no change in U.S. policy. So basically a whoopsie. I think I I think I've mentioned before, but it bears a repeating. Did you guys have you guys noticed that the president of the United States is kind of a uh, an idiot? (laughs) I mean, he's in his, like, what, mid-late 70s? 90s? He's he's getting a little... The brain starts to wear down, and that sucks, but I I think this this may be a bad thing. Uh, He did seem a little slow last time I saw him taking questions. Um, I wish we had someone else to run in 2024. Me but too. we don't really. Uh, I'm I'm not fucking looking forward to Trump being president again, man. Is there yeah, anything we can do I, to stop that? Uh, yeah, we need to uh, get a constitutional convention to let people who aren't native-born citizens run, and uh, then we can uh, have must 2020. Speaking of which, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Elon Musk is causing drama again. Uh, um, love it, love it. Love I it, believe. It. So when last we left him, Elon Musk was purchasing Twitter, and the left was having a meltdown about it. Yes. Um, sounds like Elon Musk is now not buying Twitter. Eh, I mean. It sounds like he's trying to get a better deal on Twitter because, you know, he saw a lot of his wealth disappear as the prices plummeted. And also, you know, Twitter stock price also plummeted, but his offer can't change. So um, he's trying to figure out some way to, to get a better deal. 
Um, yeah. So I think what actually happened, and I'm going to link in the show notes, uh, link to, uh, uh, the opening arguments podcast about this. I know I've plugged them before. They're really good, but it was, they released this right after the deal was announced. They actually looked at the deal and were like, okay, well, here's how this deal could not happen. And one of the things was if Tesla stock, uh, dips too low. Yeah. Because a lot of the money for the deal is coming from a bank loan with Tesla stock pledges collateral, but there's like a limited amount of his stock that he is allowed to use as collateral for a deal like this. And if the price went too low, then it would take too much of the stock to be legal under Tesla's bylaws. And if you haven't noticed, Tesla stock has kind of nosedived recently. All the tech stocks, yeah. Um, and, you know, I buy this from, from opening arguments because they, they put this out way before this happened. Um, they were like, if the stock plunges, like, he can't use it for this deal, and then the deal might be off. And that seems like exactly what happened. And now Musk is out there being like, whoa, man, Twitter's got so many bots. I, I didn't know about this. You got to give me a discount. Is it below the level where he could not make the deal? It sounds like it, yeah. Well, in that case, like he doesn't have to make excuses. He can just say, look, I literally cannot make this loan. Ha ha. Except there's a clause in the deal that says if either party backs out of the deal, they have to pay a billion dollar penalty. Yes. So uh, sort of in his interest to pretend it's about something else. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's probably the, one of the only guys on the planet who does have a billion dollars laying around that he could just spend. But <laughs> I'm sure he'd rather not. Yeah. Um, so then... Then, <laughs> this is uh, later in the story, he puts out a tweet that says he's going to vote Republican because the Democrats have become the party of division and hate. All right. So in his defense, this is literally true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, there's lots I, of I hate take, to go around. I would take up. Yeah, I would take issue with the article. Oh, the instead of a. Yes. 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 A party of division <laughs> yeah. and hate. Yep. This sort of came out of nowhere and didn't like. It wasn't didn't seemingly wasn't seemingly in response to anything, except then the next day it came out that there's some sort of uh, sexual assault allegations against Musk. Uh, well, harassment. Like even the even the allegation is just harassment. Well, it said he pulled his dick out. I feel like that counts for sexual assault mm, in uh, no. some states. I mean, maybe in some stupid states, but uh, I feel like assault requires, you know, physical contact. Yeah, that's probably that is actually probably true in in uh, the majority of states. Uh, so sexual harassment. Um, the allegations themselves, yeah, they're pretty thin. <laughs> it's like uh, pretty thin is an threat. understatement. <laughs> yeah. So the allegation is that like, yeah, he pulled his dick out at some. Uh, was it a Tesla employee or a SpaceX employee? It was a one of those. Uh, yeah, it was a flight attendant for SpaceX, and he was getting a massage okay. on a flight. I guess international flight. I don't know. It was a long flight. He was getting a massage. Yeah, and then and then, you know, she f- signed an NDA, so she couldn't talk about it. But she has a friend who then went to the press about it and was like, telling the press. So this is all like secondhand hearsay. The friend who is not named, as far as I can tell. Totally pinky swears that her friend told her this totally happened. Wait, the friend isn't named even in the New York Times who always publishes people's names? I, I couldn't find a name, but I mean, I didn't look at the New York Times articles. I looked at other articles. Well, it's I'm their sure policy. Yeah, I'm sure that there's some principled reason for this. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, but this seems, um, let me say, not especially credible, uh, unless more comes out. Um, my, anyway, so my reading of this situation is that Musk knew this was coming out. We know he knew it was coming out because he was asked for comment, you know, days in advance. Um, and then put out this tweet about how he's gonna, he's gonna vote Republican. And what did he say? Something about dirty tricks. He did. He was like, now they're gonna come after me with their dirty tricks. Oh, yes. Now watch their dirty tricks campaign against me unfold. Popcorn emoji. I mean, if you knew that someone was about to accuse you falsely of something, wouldn't you do the same kind of thing? Uh, no, because it's transparent and dumb. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't be like... I'm switching parties, and anything anyone says about me from now on is just because of that. Oh, no, no, not the switching parties thing. I mean the saying saying ahead of time uh, they're about to try some assassination hit piece stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I might try to get out in front of it, but not, like, in this, like, ham-fisted way. Right, yeah. He, he does not have well, great social manipulation well, in that regard. Well, in fairness, the... Uh Democrats have come out pretty strong against straight white men and billionaires, and he is both of those things, so... Oh, he's been number uh, one on I the Democrats' believe... hit list for at least half a year. Maybe longer. Yeah, Him so and I would Bezos believe are the two that, big uh, ones. Yeah, so I believe that this is, like, actually him being done with the uh, Democrat shit and him deciding to uh, come out of that particular closet at a politically advantageous time. I mean, so here's the thing. If I if I was being personally attacked by some group, no matter how much that group's beliefs aligned with my beliefs, if they're here trying to burn down my house, I'm going to quit that group. Uh, so I obviously don't blame him in any way. But Wes, I think I specifically need to blame you for this because just last episode, which as we know, Elon Musk listens to our show, just last episode, you were saying that uh, this is either a Republican or Democrat nation. You can only vote for one or the other. And uh, so if you're leaving the Democrat Party, you got to vote Republican and vice versa. And uh, that, that is why we have lost Musk to, re- to the Republicans instead of him just saying I can vote for a third party now because the Democrats literally want to, you know, destroy me. All right, Elon, listen up. I, you know, reportedly you're a smart guy, but somehow you've bungled this, uh, this interpretation here. The whole you either have to vote Democrat or Republican thing only applies to voting in elections where a Democrat is running against a Republican and they're both polling, like, astronomically higher than any third-party candidates. So every single election in the U.S.? I mean, Bernie Sanders was an independent for a while. He never got out of the single elections. digits. No, I mean, in in for the Senate. He never ran. He won his election as an independent. No. Like, a lot. Yes! Well, after he'd been a Democrat for however many decades... I don't actually know what the timing is there, but he won as an independent. Um, Lisa Murkowski actually won a write-in campaign. Um, she was she was still claiming to be a Republican, but like weird things happen. And specifically, I would urge like the Libertarian Party and the Green Party or any other third parties who want some political relevance to stop these vanity campaigns for president. Raise as much money as you can and dump it all into a few house races that are either solid red or solid blue and position yourself as like the next acceptable alternative to people who will never vote for, you know, the opposite party. I think if they did that, especially since there's always a few house races where people are running unopposed. 
So running those, uh, you could possibly win, and then you'd get some political power. Um, I, I just think as a voter, if the parties aren't doing that and they're being clowns and trying to run for president instead, then we should just ignore them and you know focus on what, what the actual choice is, which is the two leading parties. But Elon, you don't have to be a Republican if you don't want to be a Democrat. You could just be an independent. Or, you know, you can be a libertarian. You could even be a green. I don't recommend it. Uh, but you can. You don't have to. You just go to the other party. But he should still always vote for either Democrats or Republicans. Well, that was Wes's troop deployment. So <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, follow us on... Um, Oh, yeah. Review us on your uh, podcatcher of choice. Remember to subscribe to our Substack. I know I particularly get a little bit salty about those sorts of things because I have heard more than a few times uh, that uh, since I am no longer pro-Democrat, that means I am now an evil Republican who hates women and gays and shit. And I'm like, no, fuck you, man. I, I can hate the Democrats and not be a goddamn Republican. No, you're only half Republican. Th th thanks, uh, Wes. You know, refusing to support the Democrats in the presidential election or whatever whatever election uh, they're running in, where it's one of them is obviously going to win. I, uh, you know, you're not a full Republican until you vote Republican. Clearly, I do not have to vote for a party that hates me and yeah, wants me if, gone. If that, you if mean, if that's true, then what's the problem with being a half Republican? I, mean, I guess that's well put. <laughs> yes, uh, it's a personal question. But, you know, you could just as easily say I'm half Democrat then. So You me. are. No, yeah, exactly. You're half Democrat, half Republican. I'm half both ways. I'm I'm too sold. Eni Ash, it's too spirit. Sorry, uh, my bad. All right. Yeah, also, that's cultural appropriation. You monster. Which is a good thing. Also, it's racist. <laughs> <laughs> just like Elon Musk. All right, next story. <laughs> Uh, so Texas, here's a fun story, has a social media law that was blocked by the courts a while back, and on appeal, the injunction has been lifted, and it's been allowed to go into effect. It's not been, um, it's not been decided on the merits yet, but the injunction has been lifted. And, um, what this law does is, it, it's intended to be a free speech law. Basically says it forbids any online uh, social media from... With more than 50 million users. With four, more than 50 million users from discriminating based on viewpoint, what they say. And sadly, viewpoint is not uh, defined in the law. But it's... Um, the the attempt is just to, to say you, you can't... Um, you know, discriminate based on politics on social media. On the face of it, this seems really good, right? Yeah, I sort of support the intention behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't analyzed the law itself enough to know if it's executed well. Um, it's Texas, so I assume just on priors that it is not executed <laughs> well. Uh, I, I reluctantly do support some, like free speech protections on social media just because it's it does seem like a public square to me yes same um and i there's for for whatever reason there's not enough competition in social media 
to really make it so unpopular opinions have somewhere to go. If for whatever reason you mean it's been intentionally squashed by people with uh, the ability to destroy these other competing platforms. Uh, well, yes. Uh, um, if you remember Parlor. Yes. And everyone, all the all the online businesses basically uh, collaborating to destroy them. Uh, I reiterate that the uh, best competitor for social media companies you don't like is touching grass nerds. I don't know what that word means. He says into his microphone on a podcast. I, I've heard the term touching grass a few times in the fa- past few days, but I haven't looked it, it up. What the hell does that mean? It means go outside. Yeah. It means go outside? Yeah, yeah. it means get off the internet. I will respond to you in uh, David's uh, response of go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, I, no, I don't care. I will, what, I will but you know. not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I, I don't really care if my opinions can be expressed or not. Um, he says into his microphone on a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess I care less about that than, like, what can be ex- generally expressed just because I feel like this is having bad effects on the country that nobody is hearing. People, Everyone's only hearing, like, one side of things. Uh, I don't know if guaranteeing, you know, free speech on social media will really help that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it's good. I don't want people to get kicked off social media for having the wrong opinion or saying whatever the censors decide is hate speech. Um, I'd rather the market solve this problem, but it hasn't so far. So I feel like some government intervention is justified here. Yeah, I think this is a, a good law in principle, at least. Again, don't know about execution. I do have a link to Pope Hat, uh, a lawyer who I am quite the fan of. Been reading him for a while, although I guess sporadically reading. I'm not a follower. Um, and he has quite a few arguments about how this is actually going to be really bad in execution. Did you have any any take on that? Uh, I'm actually looking at it right now. Um... I usually trust Pope Hat's legal analysis, uh, so it's whatever that is is probably on point. Uh, oh, he is talking about, and I've I've heard somebody else make this point that there's like they're allowed to censor things that aren't viewpoint based, um, and it's pretty unclear what that is. Um, I I don't know how worrisome that really is. I mean, I could see it have a chilling effect. Yeah, yeah, but my, my, that would lead to less censorship, not more. So, yeah, I'm my, kind of okay with that. My understanding is that the worst thing about this is that um, you can, under this law, sue for uh, having a post taken down for reasons that aren't contained within that post. So, like, if I'm posting spam or whatever, then Twitter can take me down and then I can sue them and say, yes, I was putting up spam, but they didn't take me down because I was putting up spam. And look at all these other people putting up spam. Um, yeah, and that seems like a bad thing to allow, um, unless, you know, you just really like having a whole bunch of spam on your social media, which I guess Elon Musk probably does because it'll get him a better <laughs> deal on Twitter. But, uh... The more bots, the better. Yep. 
Um, yeah, I so I'm I always hear these uh, worries from lots of people in the legal profession or doing legal analysis about the flood of litigation. This will create a flood of litigation. And I mean, there is a lot of litigation in America, so they're not always wrong. Um, and this does create a new cause of action, which will allow people to sue if their tweets are deleted or they're, uh, where they're kicked off a social media platform or whatever. Um, I think it's, I don't think it's as worrisome as Ken is claiming here. Um, because one, the, you can't, you can't get anything if you win your lawsuit other than reinstatement. So there's not going to be like patent trolls out there suing and then settling for, you know, relatively small amounts of money, um, that, that build up over time. You're not going to have that problem. Um, and the other thing is that in America, anyone can sue for anything at any time. Um, so the ability to sue over something is not really that worrisome. Um, I would imagine that most suits brought under this could be dealt with at the motion to dismiss stage, which is like right after they file a complaint, you don't even file an answer. You just file a motion that says, look, even if everything they said is true, this isn't illegal under the law. And I imagine the courts will be pretty sympathetic to that if it's a bullshit suit. Um, so I'm not like super worried about tons of litigation because there's no financial uh, incentive for it. And um, the litigation probably wouldn't get that far. Uh, and the motion to dismiss stage is the earliest possible place you can dismiss a lawsuit. Um, and so anyone, like I said, anyone can sue for anything and get, and you have to file a motion to dismiss to get rid of it. Um, so that's not even creating a new burden. Uh, if it's possible that, you know, tons of lawsuits could be filed under this and they could get past the motion to dismiss by saying like, oh, well, there's factual questions like, oh, wh you know, what was their real motivation? You can't know that from these allegations. Um, but I don't know. I, I somehow don't see it getting that far. I feel like the courts will throw out a lot of this stuff and only the ones that actually have, uh, can, can state a real claim would get through. Yeah. Cool. Historically, historically predicted floods of litigation have failed to materialize. And yet mm. that excuse is still trotted out for a lot of, to defend a lot of dumb policies like qualified immunity and prosecutorial immunity. Yeah. So, yeah. It's probably not the best thing, but also probably going to be fine. Yeah, there is a really shitty part of this law, which is that it uh, it says you can't dismiss a case here for non-mutual issue and claim preclusion, um, which is so issue. And so claim preclusion is basically saying, look, this was already decided by a different court or with a different uh, plaintiff. It's like they, the court analyzed it. It found that this is, uh, this is legal. So your case is dismissed. Um, there's a clause in here that says you can't do that with this. So Inyash, if you and I make the same tweet, you get, you, we both get kicked off for it. You sue and say like, Hey, I shouldn't have been kicked off for this tweet. And the court says, analyzes it and says, um, we didn't, this is fine. Like they're allowed to kick you off for mm -hmm. this. You were swearing or whatever, and that's a, you're allowed to discriminate based on that. Um, normally, if they'd be able to take my suit where I said the exact same thing as you and say, like, look, this is the exact same issue. Um, you already decided this, so there's nothing else to to analyze here. Just dismiss it. 
Um, and apparently they're saying you can't do this with this. Why that is, I have no idea. I feel like it's pretty clearly because this law is intended to punish social media companies, and that's a way they could think of to make it really punitive against social media companies. Like, yeah, clearly I the, guess. Like, clearly the intent is not to make a good law here. I guess, but, like, that, it doesn't even do that much, because to get the, the claim preclusion in the first place, I had to win a motion that said that it's okay to discriminate based on this. And I can just submit that same legal brief in the other case. And the, if it's a good reasoning, the judge will go the same way in both cases. Um, so it's, it, it could, like, in rare cases, I guess you could get uh, conflicting rulings by different judges. Uh, and maybe that's the point, is they want to get their, like, crazy right-wing judges in, and they don't want they don't want them to be bound by what some, like, normal left-wing judge does. <laughs> uh, actually, that probably is it. Because, especially in Texas, I feel like they're very... The, the, the legislature has woken up to the idea that, like, the judiciary is also political. Uh, so that's probably what they're going for here, but practically it's probably not going to do a lot but it's it's stupid and you shouldn't do that like issue and claim preclusion are there for a reason and they're generally good out of curiosity was it intentional that you said right-wing judges are crazy and left-wing judges are normal yes okay um well i was specifically speaking from the um position of uh someone on the texas legislature Oh, I see. how they would see Okay, it. gotcha. But, like, so, like, normal, you know, ordinary bog-standard judges are seen as left-wing by the right. And because they mostly are. Um, they're law school graduates, by definition. And most law school graduates are liberal. Okay. Um, so, like, the, the, the median in the legal field is significantly to the left of the country. Um, so if you just, you know, pick a random assortment of lawyers to be judges, you're going to get a left-wing judiciary. Yeah. So, yes, left-wing judges are normal. Okay. Um, it's why the it's why the Federalist Society is a thing, why you have to make lists of right-wing judges in order to, and, and like, vet them really strictly to, to find them. Uh, whereas, you know, left-wing, left-wingers can just nominate anyone who's not on the right-wing list. Sounds like some kind of systemic bias. Sounds like... Um, the problem is the bias might be in favor of reality, but who knows? Sounds like reality has a systemic bias. Yeah. Um, we should do something about that. Maybe some kind of virtual reality. No. (laughs) Maybe some kind of metaverse registered trademark. All right. Any more comments about the uh, Texas social media law? All right. Um, I'm actually very interested to see where this goes because it's the law now. So we're going to be able to see, is there a flood of litigation? What happens? Yeah. Um, so I'm glad it went into effect. I Just just for the social experiment of it. Watch this space for further updates. Yeah. And it's really interesting because it's a Texas law. So Twitter could just say like, all right, no Twitter allowed in Texas. Wasn't there a speci- spe- ah, special provision in the law that says you cannot remove your service from Texas or something? I think it did say that, <laughs> but that's obviously it. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't do that. You can't be like, you have to follow our laws, and also, you're not allowed to leave. Uh, even this Supreme Court, I think, will not allow that, because then, you know, the, yeah. the blue states will just do it. Yeah, no, there's no way this Supreme Court would go for that. No. Like, that that would probably literally be a 9-0 ruling. I don't know. Thomas, he's unpredictable. He's 
Really depends on like if he woke up on his authoritarian or anarchist side of his bed that morning. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Speaking uh, of authoritarians, <laughs> speaking of authoritarians that suck. God, we are on our segue game this episode. Afghanistan news. You may remember Afghanistan is the country that the U.S. military spent 20 years in and then left, uh, leaving the Taliban to take over. The Taliban, if you didn't know, sucks <laughs> and is now going to force all Afghan women to wear burqas if they want to leave the house. Uh, sounds racist. Uh, what? That's sexist, not racist. No, uh, saying the Taliban sucks. The only way, the only reason someone would say that is if they had a deep-seated hatred of Muslims. Ah, okay. Well, well, no comment. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. Please go on. <laughs> um, guys, Islam's not good. No. It's not a good no, religion. Um, none of them are good. But this one's been particularly it. bad, because it hasn't updated as yeah, much as the practice, others. In practice... Yeah, in practice, tends to be worse than many others. Um, specifically because of the whole burqa thing. Uh, but yeah, they're uh, bringing back the burqas, which have not been there since America has. I mean, lots of people wear them, but they didn't have to. And women were allowed to go outside without wearing them. And uh, that's apparently all over. Uh, so fuck you, Taliban. Um, you know, I supported the withdrawal. I still support the withdrawal. Uh, I think it was a good idea, but... Uh, you know, you guys aren't, uh, making my position easy. Well, I mean, at some point we had to withdraw. I mean, yeah, it was that or stay there forever. Right. Uh, no, like I said, I'm sure, I, I, I still support that position. It's just, it sucks. I mean, this, this is very much like the abortion thing. Yes, it sucks, but, uh, unless you're going to militarily impose your laws on everybody. Yeah, I mean, it just especially sucks for Afghanistan, because unlike... Other nations that require the burqa, they had 20 years where they didn't have yeah. it. Um, and, it's yeah, it's actually a lot like the abortion thing, where it's like, oh, here's a right. Aha, just kidding. We're taking it back. And I feel like that's, like, even harder to deal with than never having it in the first place, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't really have much more commentary on that. I just wanted to point out that it sucks. Yeah, you are correct. Definitely agreed. All right. More stuff that sucks. Eniash, what happens in Wisconsin? In Wisconsin, there is a public school. Uh, more than one, I'm pretty sure, but there's at least one because we are reporting on it. Uh, three school-age boys, obviously they're school-age if they're in school. Three boys, age 13, uh, are being taken to court by the school district for sexual harassment. Uh, the thing that they did uh, was one of them wouldn't use they-them pronouns when a student requested it. So now, now he's going to court for sexual harassment. And and that's it. That's the whole story. Uh, that sucks. Yes. That uh, seems insane. Absolutely. I'm reading this article you posted, and I control F the word they, and I can't find it in here. Um, Maybe it's in a different article. I read two or three on the matter. Yeah, it just says it just says refusing to call fellow student by their preferred pronoun. Ah, it was in a different one then, but. It was yeah. they, them pronouns versus student. <laughs> that is super weird that this article wouldn't say. Um, this was like the yeah. least right uh, article that I could find, right-wing article that I could find. Apparently not a single left or center um, news source would would report on it. At least not when I went looking a few days after it happened. Maybe it's spread now. But at the time, there were just a ton of right-wing places reporting on it, and I didn't want to link them. So I got Lad Bible, which is... <laughs> the the furthest left I could get. All right. Uh, 
yeah, that seems insane. It's absolutely uh, fucking nuts that that someone. Hopefully they get can, some kind of yeah. Hopefully they get some kind of civil rights suit out of this. I really, really hope so. Probably get dismissed on qualified immunity though. Qualified? Im- oh, for the school district? Yeah, it's not just for cops. Jesus. It's for all public officials. Okay. Because why not, right? Honestly, if anything, I think the boys should have been the ones that are are able to sue for being harassed by having people, you know, berate them and bully them for not using some demanded honorific that a popular kid wants. How about, I mean, how about nobody sues? That's even better. It's it's middle school. God, when I think of the horrible shit that happened to me in middle school, this would be like, really, like bottom of the list. Yeah. Well, up until you get sued. Then it gets near the top of the list, because then it's adults fucking your life up. All right. Less bad news. Uh, new new announcement from 80,000 Hours. I'm Actually, you know what? I'm going to move this to happy news. Oh, okay. Then let's hold off. Right after we talk about stable coins. Stable coins are dead, at least for now. Oh, poor crypto. Uh, stable, coins, stable coins are coins that are supposed to be pegged to uh, a fiat currency in the real world. Uh, they didn't do this by just buying... That fiat currency in direct proportion to how much of that stablecoin there was for some reason. I think it's because they want it to be decentralized and then you would have to trust some central authority to actually buy stuff. So instead they use some crazy algorithm thing that bought up a whole bunch of other crypto coins to keep things pegged at uh, $1 to coin. Uh, But then all the cryptocurrencies crashed at once and that didn't work anymore. And then people were like, oh shit, it lost the peg and sold off everything. And yeah, there there are no more... uh, well, at least the big stable coins are gone. They are no longer pegged to anything and have dropped to a very small fraction of their previous value. And uh, probably we won't have any for, for quite a while at this point. Uh, pro- womp womp. Probably never going to have any because no one has ever been able to make currency pegging work without fairly comprehensive and totalitarian uh financial controls which is kind of contrary to the whole ethos of you know crypto uh i i dispute that david um now i just attended disney world (laughs) and had brought with me a credit card that or or a debit card that was uh, loaded up for my rewards for my credit card with disney dollars which are pegged to uh, the u.s dollar and can be spent at Disney resorts for uh, an equivalent value, um, and I think I'm very confident in those. I don't have any uh, any any worry that they're going to be crashing. So I think uh, currency pegging. Can Are you work. trying to imply that Disney is not an absolute monarchy ruled by a CEO? Because no. I think David said that it it's impossible is. for any system that does not have uh, author- totalitarian authoritarian ah, authoritarian control. I don't think Disney has totalitarian control. They do over things that happen within Disney, such as how much I'm... the Disney bucks can be traded for. See, I feel like we just covered a story about how they don't have that much control. <laughs> and the control that they did have was taken from them by Ron DeSantis because they didn't support his uh, gay bill. Sure, but they have control over how much their Disney bucks are worth. Okay. Sure. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But they don't have control over the dollar. All right, maybe I'm just throwing things out there to, to get you riled up. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. Um. So, so was this just like was this stablecoin the one that dead the, the one that died? Terra yes. was it just a scam? Depends who you ask. 
I think their intentions were good, but on the other hand, somebody was analyzing their books, and he was like, I feel very disappointed that I spent a couple years trying to teach myself forensic accounting just to look at their sheets and be like, oh, every single statement, they have their assets and liabilities absolutely unchanged, which is complete bullshit and an obvious lie, and I could have done that with like four hours of training instead of all this uh, studying I did. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my understanding of stablecoins is that they were supposed to actually have assets to back up the value. They had other crypto as their assets. Oh, well, that's that's not good. Yes, and also... That's not stable at all. <laughs> and also the assets... That's the opposite of stable. Hard to say. Yeah, I think yeah, I think the actual issue is the assets were a lie. Um, I read, like, I don't know, six months or a year ago about how Tether was a lie. Um, so I'm not super surprised by this. I... I'm not I don't have any opinion one way or the other as to how surprised I am because I didn't follow it. I'm just reporting on what's happened. Ugh. I had a bunch of Solana. It's not doing well. I don't know what that is. This is a cryptocurrency. I, I think it's still doing way better than when I bought it though. It got like it was one of those ones that got like thirty times returns or something. Crazy. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I hope crypto comes back. It's I like that it exists. It has the very pro-social function of sucking up extra electricity on times when uh, it's being way overproduced. Yeah, that's what it. I does. mean, that is one of the things it does. This is the this is the first time I've heard that like all the electricity that crypto requires as a pro-social function. So unique take, if uh, not necessarily a great one. <laughs> well, they, there are times due to how renewables work that uh, electricity is overproduced and it needs to be taken off the grid lest things um, overload and explode. And there, you know, there are times when um, cost of electricity is actually negative. They'll pay you to use electricity. They are rare, but uh, crypto is one way to, to handle those times when there is excessive electricity production. All right. The more you Yay. Know. All right, now we can move into happy news. Good news, everyone. David, I didn't get a yay out of you. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this is I moved this one to happy news because we're not all going to die from climate change. Everyone already knew that. Uh, Well, eighty thousand hours didn't make it official. Okay. Uh, Eighty thousand hours released an official report uh, saying that the chances of the human species going extinct from climate change are less than one in 10,000, which I think everybody basically already knew who is up on the matter, but there's a lot of people who are not not up on the matter, like uh, Greta Thunberg. So uh, I guess this is... Thunberg. Okay, my bad. So I guess it is good to have it said officially somewhere, because, um, yeah, it's it could be devastating and kill a whole lot of people, but it's not a literal species extinction event. Yeah. Um, yes, we all already knew that, but lots of people didn't. So, uh, you know, happy news to me. Just a reminder that we've already got about a third of the global warming that even the worst global warming doomsayers predicted that we're going to get. So uh, the the prior is that things will be about, uh, at its worst, about three times worse than they are now. So, like, not great, but not that bad. Yeah. Also, you can't rule out climate change making things better. Uh, if nothing else, it should make a more, a whole bunch more farmable land. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because then we can farm the Great White North. Mm, but we'd also lose a bunch of currently farmable land. Uh, yeah, but we would gain more farmable land than we would lose. 
Uh, effect on total production is ambiguous because we would presumably lose. We would get. We would lose a smaller area of better land in exchange for a bigger area of worse land, and it's unclear how uh, final production would be affected. Also, isn't our current bottleneck not actual production? Uh, yeah, it's transportation. Okay. Yeah, totally. Um, but, you know, the specific places that would open up to growing food are probably the places that don't have it right now. I'm doubtful on this making things better, but I guess it's not literally impossible. Hey, maybe Siberia will be nice. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> all right. Next story. Uh, and Eniash put this in happy news. I'm skeptical. Uh, but there's a new noise ordinance in New York. Yeah. Uh, saying that people with intentionally loud vehicles can't have them anymore. And I think this is the best thing ever because noise pollution is a huge... Oh, wow. See? Speak of the devil. Oh, my God. What timing? What <laughs> was, was that? amazing. I don't know. It was... I don't know. It, it may be <laughs> a conspiracy. Well, if you were in New York, you could sue yes. about it. Uh, yeah. The, the, I mean, I don't understand why cities still allow these sorts of people to exist within their borders because it's it's just downright evil it is destroying quality of life for no fucking good reason at all and uh, i'm glad new york is finally doing something about it oh wow so this is this is just a fine on illegal modifications of mufflers and exhaust systems that intentionally make uh, vehicles noisier. it is a small first step someday hopefully we can get rid of more but uh this is this is the very bare minimum that a city could do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is good. I, I I originally saw this and thought it was like, oh, we're making it illegal to be loud. I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know about that. Lots of loud stuff is worth it. But this is just targeting the cars and motorcycles that are intentionally made loud. Yeah, that's fine. Fuck those. And people. fuck everyone who rides a Harley. <laughs> Unironically. All right. Unless they put a decent aftermarket muffler on the thing. Yeah, right. In which case, I, God I bless feel them. like uh, I feel like getting fucked is why a lot of people ride Harleys. So maybe you should consider a, a different punishment. Maybe. All right. Next story. Uh, the universe is expanding too much or not enough, and this is good news. Eniash, explain this yes, to me. Yes. Uh, so the the observations of the expansion rate of the universe. Uh, at present well nearby galaxies which is basically present day versus extremely far away galaxies which is basically right after the big bang uh don't match up with what was predicted uh by about 10 percent uh which is interesting because if our models are not predicting things correctly it means there's some other physics at work here that we have no knowledge of and that is good news because that means there's new stuff for us to discover that maybe we can use to break the light speed barrier or make infinite energy or who knows literally unknowable what could happen if physics doesn't or work travel through or time. travel through time if physics literally doesn't work the way we think it works almost anything is up for grabs and admittedly it's probably absolutely nothing that bad and more likely than not is some kind of measurement error because usually yeah. for things initially that come out like this it's a measurement error that is then fixed but you know maybe maybe and that'd be cool yeah uh, our having our having this in happy news implies that you think that the uh the current laws of physics are close to the worst they could possibly be <laughs> and that just seems flat out wrong <laughs> no like, so, like, Inyash, this is why, why I like do you. you like me less because you hear um anything can happen mm -hmm. 
and you see that as a good thing. <laughs> um, whereas other people hear anything can happen, and, you know, it's not reassuring. That's fair. Uh, but I like your outlook. Huzzah! Better. I mean, right now, we cannot go back in time or break the speed of light, and eventually we'll run out of energy, so uh, I really want that to not be the case. It's fair. Um, also, lots of terrible things could happen, but, you know, let's not think about this. I mean, obviously, nothing so terrible that we can't exist could happen, because we do exist. <laughs> See? Relentless optimism. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. That brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. Uh, so in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send out a soldier onto the battlefield each episode. And as always, we'll start with David. Okay, fine. I'll talk about the current thing. If Americans can agree on anything, it's that the factual and moral questions around abortion are trivial to answer and the solutions are obvious. They just disagree on which side is the obviously correct one. As is on brand for me, I disagree with the popular position. I think abortion is hard. I think abortion is so hard, in fact, that I think a rational, impartial exploration of the facts of the matter demand an ambiguous answer, and failure to provide such an answer is strong evidence of irrationality in this regard. Just as a quick rundown of some of the more popular points. Conception is a multi-step process with no obvious, quote, moment of conception, unquote. So, life begins at conception is not a coherent statement, even if we grant the most permissive possible definition of personhood. The distinctions between a sperm cell and an egg in the same general vicinity as one another, and a fertilized egg, is not well specified. Birth is just a change of venue. There's virtually no meaningful difference between an immediately preterm and immediately post-term baby. Consciousness and ensoulidness are both important if we could observe them, but we can't. Viability is contingent on the state of medical technology and therefore probably morally irrelevant. Given these factual uncertainties, we should look to the philosophical consensus on how to act in the presence of moral uncertainty. Except there is no such consensus. Morality under moral uncertainty is one of the most hotly debated ethical questions of modern philosophy. But the benefits of birth control slash abortion rights are so enormous that we should keep them for utilitarian reasons. I can hear Inyash protest. But how to evaluate the relative importance of consequences versus duties, familial obligations, and epiphenomenal harm to bystanders are also hot-button issues in philosophy. Plus, the consequences of population crashes are also quite bad, so the consequentialist argument is not exactly settled. Last, I'm well point pa past the point of expecting consistency in politics, but many of the arguments in favor of animal rights also cut against abortion rights. Uh, pigs may not quite be on the may not quite be people level morally significant, but they're still morally important enough that torturing and killing them for minor benefits isn't worth the cost. Now start to replace pig for fetus. So if you're pro-abortion and also pro-animal rights, at least consider that you should moderate your position on one or both issues. All right. Thank you, David, for finally coming around and doing an abortion take. All right, Eniash, what do you have for uh, us? I have a story that is just so small and in my local cluster that isn't worth putting on the main news, but I have feelings about it because it is about my local tribe, and so I wanted to, to 
put it out there. Uh, Mercedes Lackey is a name that some people might know if they read a lot of fantasy, especially in previous decades. Uh, she's a very prolific fantasy author, uh, kind of one of the grand dames of fantasy. I wouldn't say any of her things are like amazing or groundbreaking, but they're never bad. And she's like published over 140 novels, which is insane. Uh, she was at the Nebula conference over the weekend, which is the, the annual conference put out by the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America. That is the official trade organization that represents science fiction and fantasy authors. Uh, and they give out one of the most prestigious awards uh, for science fiction and fantasy writing every year. Uh, this was a virtual panel that she was on at the conference uh, called Romancing Science Fiction and Fantasy, where she praised Samuel R. Delaney, who is a revered grandmaster in science fiction. He, is, uh, he actually has made some incredible groundbreaking works. Uh, and she referred to him as colored. Now, for for context, uh, she was born in 1950. She's over 70 years old. She's probably experiencing some of the same decline as uh, Joe Biden is. And at the time that she was in her prime, in her youth, colored was the correct term. Uh, Samuel Delaney is black. And I say that because when I was in my 20s, I couldn't say that. Black was a bad word. You had to say African-American. And it's taken me a number of years to finally get around to being comfortable using the word that is now used. But she probably meant to say of color because that's the current uh, most popular way to say refer to people of this skin pigmentation. Uh, Nothing really happened after that in the panel because everyone knew she's an old person and what she really meant and things went on. But immediately afterwards, uh, SIFWA, the organization, removed uh, that panel from the internet. They censured Lackey. They kicked her out of the conference as well as her husband and removed both of them for from all the further panels they were going to be on uh, this weekend. They are continuing to have further discussions on what to do next, including maybe rerunning the entire panel except without Lackey there. And uh, it's issuing a public statement apologizing for how bad and racist Lackey was. Uh, I think this is incredibly shameful because, first of all, the, the confusion in terms is intentional. The language has to keep changing so that people can know who's cool. Uh, that the whole point of making it hard to keep up with these languages is to phase out the old people who can't uh, stay in touch. And that's fine because, you know, it probably would be a travesty if a 70-year-old was still cool. But, like, this is an elder of our tribe. The, the science fiction fantasy community is a pretty small tribe overall, but especially the ones that are fanatic enough to go to conferences and write and stuff. Like, it was a pretty small insular group for quite a while, and I think still sort of is, and it always sort of felt like home whenever I went to one of these conferences to have all my fellow nerds who also love this one thing being there. And she was one of the elders. She was around way back in the day when fantasy was a pretty new thing, and some of us read some of her stuff and and really enjoyed it. And now she's experiencing some decline. She didn't mean anything of harm. And she is exiled and shamed publicly. And that's just a really gross thing to do to an elder of your tribe. Um, this probably won't, like, hurt her financially, obviously. She's well set. But, like, just just don't do that. And especially afterwards, some, some of the people complaining about this, saying it was illustrative of the vast power differentials in play in science fiction and fantasy communities, saying that Lackey has this immense power because she, like, said colored without thinking about it. And uh, and then so seemingly completely oblivious to the fact that they managed to get her exiled and shamed immediately afterwards. Like, that had absolutely no power behind it at all. I don't know. I was, I was disappointed by all of them. Obviously, as a private organization, they have the right to do whatever they want, but they should feel bad about this. And uh, I am in support of Lackey. 
All right. Thank you, Eniash. Uh, I'll point out that when I was a kid, the term they used on NPR for black people was Afro-American. So that was fun. Uh, sounds pretty racist to me, but what do I know? All right. My troop deployment this episode is that we should all learn from Sesame Street. As you've probably heard in the background of this and many past episodes, I have a two-year-old. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> you want to be on the podcast? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh, this means I've been watching a lot of Sesame Street. Now, watching Sesame Street as an adult is kind of weird because it's actually a very political show, but you don't pick up on that as a kid. Originally, Sesame Street was intended to be watched by what were referred to back in the day as inner-city youth. Which is why Sesame Street is kind of run down. It's full of bodegas, and most of the time, Elmo and company are finding creative ways to play with trash. Uh, the message has always been rather left-wing and focused on the needs of poor kids. Uh, more recently, they've introduced Hispanic Muppets, a Black Muppet, and an Autistic Muppet. Now, when other programs do this, it almost always seems pandering and dumb, like they're trying to fulfill a quota or present themselves as some kind of enemies of oppression. But on Sesame Street, it doesn't come across that way, and I think I've put my finger on why. Because Sesame Street as a show is committed to positivity. When Sesame Street does a show about black hair, they don't focus on all the ways black people have been oppressed or discriminated against because of their hair. They show two Muppets with different hair being sad that they can't do a hair whip together as part of a dance, and explain that it's fine to be different and do different things. It ends with a song called I Love My Hair. The Hispanic Muppet regularly teaches the other Muppets Spanish words just to play around. Now, I'm autistic, and I really appreciate the portrayal of the autistic Muppet. They show her struggling with loud noises and social cues, but the focus is never on how hard it is for her. The focus is on helping the other characters all understand her different needs and how to be a good friend to her. Now, when other shows try to present themselves as enemies of oppression, Sesame Street is the enemy of nobody. And I really appreciate that and wish that other people pushing left-wing messages paid attention and copied that style. People hate wokeness because its believers seem to like nothing better than hating on everyone who isn't completely on board with everything they think. Now, you all heard Eniash's troop deployment, so I won't bother coming up with my own example. But what if, instead, the left was focused on actually uplifting and helping people instead of tearing down the privileged? What if the focus was actually on elevating the oppressed? The people at the top of society probably need to be dealt with in a different way, but the bottom 90%, most of them don't want to hurt anyone. And if the focus was just on explaining how to be a good friend to people instead of what they're doing wrong, I think they would listen. So let's all be like Sesame Street when it comes to social issues. Focus on how to do right instead of what everyone is doing wrong. Fuck yes. All right. That's our show for this week. David already did the outro spiel, so just go listen to that. (laughs) And uh, we'll see you back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye.